Welcome to Birth Stories in Color, a podcast creating community for people of color to share and learn from birth stories of all types. We're your hosts, Laurel Gurrier and Danielle Jackson. This is part two of Tayo's birth story. In this episode, we hear all about her postpartum journey, along with the work she and her mother, Tony, are doing and their organization, Chicago Birthworks Collective. If you haven't listened to part one, we encourage you to head back to your podcast feed and check that out. Um, you talked a little bit about your postpartum, but um, how was, you know, the physical and emotional side of postpartum for you? Wow. So my mom stayed for the first 72 hours, I think. Um, and that she always teaches me about laying foundations of everything, like laying the foundation of your pregnancy for parenthood, laying the foundation of your child's life for all this stuff. Laying foundations, laying you, foundations. You see how she's saying? You, you see <laughs> all the time. All the time. My mom, <laughs> my mom laid the foundation for my postpartum period. She was there those first 72 hours. And my husband, this is our first time doing postpartum this way. Um, my husband kind of struggled a little bit. And came right back. Yeah, like for a little bit. I think he went to this laundry or something. Took your brother home. Um, but he was like, no, I can do this. Like, your mom can rest. She was, you know, very integral in making this happen. I'm like, yeah, so were you. So her being there, it took, like, maybe a day or two for my husband to allow her to help. And to go to sleep. And to actually go to sleep. Like, there was one night that she came in to get the baby, and they were arguing. <laughs> she was like, okay. I'm gonna take the baby. He was like, "Oh no, it's okay. I got it." He's like this. He's like, "Oh no, I got it." Half awake, yeah. I got it. I got it. No, no, no. You get some rest. I got it. I'm like, "Oh my god." Okay, I don't want to have because I know that mothers and fathers both get possessive of their baby in those first. So I didn't want to start any conflict with him. Snatch the baby around. Let me have this baby. Like, get some rest. Right. Right. Help while I'm giving. Yes, and so and get some sleep because when you get up in the morning to go run those other two kids around, I'm still be here with this baby. Right, right. So you can choose to sleep while it's available to you, or you can keep this baby and I'll see you in two hours. Right. (laughs) So they got themselves together, and once they were on the same page, and my husband was able to release a little bit, say, you know what, I did do a lot of work, but there's also tons of help that we still need. It made for postpartum exceptional. So again, my husband came through with the strategy, y'all. We had a newsletter that we released so that folks didn't have to call. And so we had an update of the whole, like an abbreviated version of the birth story. Um, inside the newsletter, there was information on how people could support, how you could give. It was really incredible. It had pictures. Yes. So you got all the updates and information that you needed. We sent that out to everyone maybe like the second or third day. Um, And then we also had like a support calendar so people who were local could come by, but you can't come by and just see the baby. You come by, you can either drop something off or you could come and do laundry, make a meal. And we had a separate calendar for our kids. So Mm -hmm. if you said, hey, I want to help, I'm going to come pick up the kids. We have put together different activities, free activities, stuff that they were already doing. Here's the story time that's happening at this library at 10 o'clock. And people would add their names to the calendar. So every day we woke up, we would check both the calendars. So I had a postpartum calendar and then the kids' calendar. And I would see who and was I coming was over. Both. Yeah, she was <laughs> <laughs> she was just always around. I was on both. 
both. I took them to that water park. Yeah, but you just didn't put your name on the calendar. Oh, that's you what just she was the house. Mad, you were mad about. Yeah. It. yeah. Um, but people showed up for us, and I think my husband made it easy for them to show up for us because he had things organized. So people are like, "Hey, how can I help?" Well, actually, here's the link to this calendar. You want to check any of the free slots there? Um, yeah, it was really, and when you showed up to the house, it was really organized mm-hmm. in terms of like, hey, I know I don't have that much time, but I would like to give some time. Mm-hmm. What do you need help with? And it was always something readily available. Oh, it yeah. was a handoff. Uh, so-and-so did this laundry. Can you move it to this place? And yeah. This? And they were like, yeah, sure. No problem. Bring I ended up upstairs. having to make a laundry instructional sheet that I taped to my washing machine because I've stocked everything up y'all very well for postpartum like the kitchen all of our household supplies and somehow we cloth diapered our son and we cloth diapered the new baby and we had regular laundry so we had a lot of laundry somehow people ran through a whole bottle of detergent and I was like hold up hold up (laughs) I ain't doing this right (laughs) so let me explain it to y'all again (laughs) <laughs> and also laundry just went missing. Like I wore things postpartum because I didn't want to wear pads. And so you have to wash those regularly. I have like mm-hmm. three pairs after they come out. Um, and I remember they didn't come back upstairs once. So I'm like ringing the bell, like, hello, where are my drawers? <laughs> and so my husband's like, well, I don't know who put the last one in here or where it went. So I'm like, okay, this is what we're going to do. We had a chart. There were instructions. If you set a load of laundry, you put a timer on your phone. If you leave the house before that laundry's done, when that timer goes off, you call the house and say, hey, there's laundry downstairs that just finished. Make sure it gets moved over. So that was like a work in progress. There was some yeah. Figured out. Yeah, the laundry was the biggest thing mm-hmm. that people that we didn't have doing the kids, if you had a small amount of time, that's what we had you do was yeah, in the house Got that it. helped a lot sorting moving stuff over bringing upstairs putting it away um we have prepped tons of food tons and tons of food and people also brought food but i made like six gallons of soup that i yeah. had frozen. so and that was mostly for me so my husband would just bring me a different soup every day um it was the summertime so we had like four everybody was always bringing watermelons over because i love watermelon in the summertime but it was strategy that got us through the postpartum period. Yeah. It was strategy and us getting serious. We had never done that before. We never had our whole family over helping in this way and holding people accountable to that. So we said, we're going to do this the best way we know how. And that's like some scholarly school attendant, college educated folks. So here goes this Google spreadsheet. You know? <laughs> and let's just make this happen. And our family showed up. They really showed up. Our friends showed up incredibly. Um, our doula showed up. Chicago Birthworks Collective doulas came by. Um, everybody was just excellent. And I know there were a lot of things that we had to tweak and modify as we went through the process. I wanted to come downstairs a little more often. I started getting a little bit of cabin fever. And then I, um, maybe like on the, I think on the fourth or fifth week, that's when I started feeling like a little down. That's when mm-hmm. I was like, hey, blues, a little bit, a little postpartum depression. And my husband ended up taking me outside to the park um, before my six weeks was up because he's like, you look bad. <laughs> you look <laughs> bad and you look sad. So he's like, maybe you just need some sun. So he started yeah. taking me out just two hours a day and he would bring me back. But I was so impressed with how attentive he was that he was able to like pair our children, number one. 
but then also be mindful. And my mom was noticing it too. And I think that she just was trying to give my husband enough support to step in, you know, mm-hmm. and not divert and say, hey, something's wrong with my daughter. What's going on here? So I knew that they were having conversations like, hey, Tyler's a little quiet. She has been in the room all day. She looks this way. She sounds that way. So the end of my postpartum, my first six weeks rather, was a little bit tough for me because I, I felt like I'm a doula. I know what the signs of postpartum depression are. I also know that postpartum depression can pass. I know that it can subside and I don't want my family to worry. I have two other children plus this newborn. I don't need anybody else. You know, I went through my whole thing of feeling yeah. like I don't need any help. And so I didn't reach out for help. And I tried my best to manage what later became severe postpartum depression. And I felt like, dang, I had all the support. I am a doula. We know that people preach about doulas being a solution for avoiding postpartum depression. If we could just mm-hmm. provide support. But I realized that it's not exactly that. It's not that doulas cure postpartum depression. It's that they help you get through postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. And Mm-hmm. I knew that I was um, experiencing postpartum depression very clearly. I knew for sure that that's what it was. And I just hadn't come to a realization that it's okay and you're going to get through it. So just lean on these people as you go through it. Yeah. So my postpartum depression lasted for maybe like four or five months. Would you say? Yeah, about four or five months. And I ended up going to therapy. Um, there was different degrees of it. Yeah. It was like grief, like severe grief and postpartum depression together. But I don't think that my post, I'm still in this postpartum journey, but I don't think those first few months <laughs> suffered, you know, mm-hmm. like I still ate very well. I still was very well taken care of. I still had tons of support. I still had people coming over and sitting with me. One of my doulas came over y'all and for six hours we watched Queen Sugar. That's all we did. And it felt yeah. so good. We didn't have to talk about anything else about this TV show. She knew I was sad. She held my baby. She just sat in my room with me. And it was amazing. Yeah. So I still had tons of support. So in short, my postpartum period was amazing. Postpartum depression, it came because it can come because hormones are real and life mm-hmm. is real. But I made it through postpartum depression because I had so much support. Yeah. And it was nice. And I guess, Tony, my question to you is, like, as, as a support person, what were things, because um, I think, I mean, I think there's many people who are support people who don't know what to do in those situations. If they're seeing, like, signs like that, how to address it with the person they care about or how to offer support. So what were some ways that you did those things? Maybe because I understood... Uh, on a personal level, what she was experiencing, mm-hmm. excuse me, um, with losing her father. And um, I was there for all of the pregnancy stuff. Mm-hmm. It was just really allowing her mind to catch up with what had happened. Yeah. And exactly. she wasn't really giving herself space to process. She was trying to move on to the next thing. And I'm mm-hmm. like, you need to sit down and read what just happened in your life yeah and process it and comprehend it and take notes on it and reevaluate and reflect on it and I think definitely when you got to the point where you start you wanted to come 
come downstairs and he was carrying you down and Uh carrying you back up. Once you got to the point where you were walking or scooting up the steps and then you, if you, you moved up to walking them steps, I think you, it was even more perspective for you of just how fragile your body was. And I think the more she realized about herself and the whole situation, the more it seemed like it depressed her. Yeah. Because then she went into kind of a thing of, why didn't I do this? And and it was just, it was, it could be difficult to just watch all of the different stages mm-hmm. unfold and happen. Um, I just tried to stay, keep her grounded. I tried to touch her as much as possible. Mm-hmm. I remember days I would come over and ask yeah. her, you give me the dirtiest look. I'm like, what are you saying <laughs> to me, mom? What? She texted me one time, like, I'm going to come over and we're going to cuddle. What do you think about that i'm like are you texting the wrong person what what who this man mom (laughs) you my daughter it's for you oh i think the first couple times it was a little bit awkward for you but then eventually you got over that so i tried not to necessarily it's not always necessarily good to have them talk Mm -hmm. so much about it Um, but just encourage them to feel the feeling that they're feeling and process in their own mind. And when you're ready to talk about it, I'm ready to listen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Before you get to the point of verbalizing some of the stuff, you have to come to some own conclusions in your own head about how you felt and even allow yourself to, hey, this did happen to me. Yeah. Instead right. of dissociating yourself from the trauma or whatever it was and just kind of skipping over that you know there was a lot of backtracking and I just you know I think the biggest thing you just allowed a person the space to clean up their own energy yeah and to work out where the little small spots are and when we found a spot we would celebrate Mm -hmm. we would celebrate and say hey okay you got over this thing we found plenty of opportunities to celebrate different things and it took some time for small things to bring her joy and it took some time for even bigger things to get a response from her. Yeah. She was really like gray and just Mm -hmm. blah and Mm -hmm. wanted to sleep. And, you know, I made room for that. You know, she would come over to the house and she's like, you know, I'm going to come over and hang out. And then 10, 15 minutes, she used the restroom and she'd be in the bed asleep. (laughs) for like two or three hours so then we didn't go anywhere i would hang out with the kids we would cook some stuff and she'll wake Mm -hmm. up real fast and be like i gotta go come home i gotta (laughs) i gotta go go cook i I said it's okay it's all right Mm -hmm. and sometimes he would come here and meet her here Mm. help her get the kids home and we just all stayed in communication you know as much as we could about what was going on and trying not to pressure her to fix herself. Uh-huh. Yeah. Repair herself. I tried to stay off of that and more so stay on. There was a lot of time in the beginning where we didn't talk about a lot of stuff. So oh. I would sit in silence with her. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't even want to talk. People always say, you know, as long as we get a healthy, happy baby, like that baby was fine. She was good. 
I was the one that wasn't good. And I also I knew that, but I just didn't need anyone to ask me questions about it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. it was what it was. And I think I was just so focused on um, getting through the pregnancy and getting through the birth that I didn't realize that birth is traumatic. Inherently, it's traumatic. Like, you have to near the edge of non-existence mm-hmm. a blade yes mm-hmm. and, and you just creeping Walk by of a blade with your belly yourself. sucked in <laughs> and when you make it past that you like god damn oh my god oh my god that was so scary oh my god mm-hmm. oh lord you gotta like relax your booty hole for the first time <laughs> holding it in and like things have to just readjust I didn't feel like I needed to detail that to anybody. I don't mm-hmm. need to explain to you that I'm happy that my baby is born. I'm just sad about what I missed. And I'm sad about, you know, not being able to spend time with my older kids. I don't want to talk about that with you. Right. So I'm really thankful that they got it. They got it. They did not ask me any questions. And when I would go on a rant and want to talk about things for a very long time, they was my mm-hmm friend. Like, mm-hmm. Because she didn't mm-hmm. want to hear your feedback no she didn't want to hear no feedback she just wanted to vent and then just as soon as she would pop out and say those things she would go back into gray i'm gone Mm -hmm. don't call me don't come looking for me (laughs) you know um she was like answering her phone she didn't want to she wanted to stop the collective yeah i was ready to like i was asking for a foster parent for chicago birthworks collective like, anybody want to inherit a doula business? <laughs> it's fully operating. <laughs> Always registered. Like, I was ready to, I mm. wanted to drop out of graduate school. I'm like, this is just, it's too much. Why did I do any of those things? I felt like my capacity to parent was all I had left. Mm-hmm. Like, how can mm. I parent, but then also do these other things? And people let me step back from as much stuff as I needed to. I took a semester off for graduate school. I stopped doing work with Chicago Birthworks Collective. I just stopped. I didn't have to parent, you know, like heavily my older two children. Everyone stepped in to do that and they allowed me to do what I could do. But I I think, do you remember me telling you to celebrate small things? Yeah. Like taking a shower. Yep. I cooked breakfast today. Mm-hmm. I got the kids dressed today. We went outside today. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, those small feats are your, you know, moving into normalcy. And that's why I felt like I didn't need to answer my cell phone. <laughs> if I did answer my phone, I'm like, and I picked up the phone once yep. today, <laughs> this week. <laughs> I didn't want to talk to anybody. It was good. I think that it was such a normal process to me. Looking back, like, it was normal. It was totally normal. It was totally okay. I didn't, was, I didn't feel like for the first time that I had to be everything to everybody. I just stopped being everything to everybody. And that meant not answering my phone. That meant not going places. That meant like not having conversations with people, not thinking about a bunch of things. So I'm like, that's normal. So that's fine. do you ladies play cards? Play cards? Yeah. I mean, I play like card games. I'm not good at spades, so if that's yeah, I'm horrible. You understand the premise of spades, right? Yes, yes. So, so you know how in in um, go fish, how the cards are all out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So I would describe postpartum as like a game of go fish that turns into spades. Mm. So you know how mm. everything is all spread out and then you got to start pairing things. Yeah. But mm-hmm. then especially you have to create a longer chain of cards because the book has to be, I think, four. Okay, yeah. Whereas in go fish is just two. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of times postpartum, too, with first-time moms, more so. And then you just had so many complexities. I'll be honest, pregnancy and delivery was like a first for you. Yeah, it really was. Um, you're becoming this new person. You need to lay down all of your cards and pick them up gradually Yeah. so that you can adjust how, th- how to hold these new cards in your hand mm-hmm. while this card sits behind this card and why this card sits behind Mm -hmm. this card now you have a book of these things this book is together so now you fade you fold that thing down and you put that you set that book down and now you're working on another book of cards yeah Yeah. right and it's just that is a good analogy mom (laughs) it's just regrouping things in your life yes yes for the doula or your support person we don't assign priority Mm -mm. We just keep all your cards on the table mm-hmm. and we can talk about these cards, but we all know that they're there and I'm just going to make sure you don't lose any of them. When you want to spread them out and pick up one and just talk about it. Okay. I'm going to know, Hey, this might be an important card because she's reflecting on this card today. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. as the weeks progress, they reflect on different cards. So then you kind of have a, as an outside looking at, you have a, a way of like, okay, I know I can help with these things because these are the things she randomly talks about, that she randomly brings up. So we might have a good opportunity of grouping these things together and let's start this as how we're going to approach the plan of getting you to pick up all of these cards Mm -hmm. and group them back together and understand that there is nothing wrong with your cards falling out of the deck or Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with your cards all being out. It is completely fine to have all your cards out, but we're not going to leave them out. Mm-mm. We're not going to allow them to get dirty. We're not going to lose any of them, you know? So. I love that analogy. I really, really love yeah. that. That made me realize how much I don't know how to play space. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? Oh, oh, I get it. I do. absolutely get it. Um, when you think about the work that you're doing, um, just Chicago Birthworks Collective and how you're um, bringing postpartum to the forefront, talking about doula support and childbirth as well. Um, how did you even get led to that and together at, at that? Man, I am like, I am her childbearing child. I think that's really why we got much closer. Um, we were close. And. And when I got pregnant in college, I was like, dang, I guess I need my mom. And I started to see her. She thought she was going to leave college. Yeah, mm. I thought I was going to drop out of college. I was At a senior. Six months to graduation. I, I was said, a senior in my second no, semester. You're going to bring back that degree. All that money I had in that school. You're going to finish that. You should have thought about that. I don't know what to tell you, but that baby's not coming out before graduation. Anyway. Right help for me is you finish school ain't that yes. you help me and yourself okay 
So yes. that, that that got done. I, I grabbed <laughs> And I was like, dang, I am so much more like my mom than I thought. So I just was able to connect with her in a brand new way. Like, I'm a mom, you're a mom. Oh, hey, look at this. Well, there's mm-hmm. some things as your your mom will tell you yeah. that you have no point of reference. For. Because you don't have a place to put it. You have, And then once you become a mom, you like oh right that was that one time (laughs) yeah that one thing that all makes sense now yeah I didn't know what to do with that information and you know it was just things that she didn't she would just give me that pondery look like what what does that mean I didn't know what it meant so when I had my first child I'm like oh it felt like magic like Mm -hmm. I did all this stuff and now I have this new relationship with my mom and then come the second child, it was even more incredible. And I'm like, yo, we got to harness this magic somewhere. Because we were a good team. We were such mm-hmm. a good team, my pregnancies and my birth. So I started thinking about, um, I knew what doulas were. And I kind of had played around with becoming a doula. I'm like, oh, my mom, like, she used to do that for sure. I don't know if I could do that, but this is her for real. So mm-hmm. I'm like, mom, would you, would you become a doula with me? She was like, hmm. yeah, yeah, sure. So I dragged her along, made her go to this training with me, and everything kind of just formed on its own. I'm like, well, what if we started something that was kind of mirroring what you and I have, mm-hmm. where a mother and a daughter or um, two women can connect with each other like really intimately to make sure that their pregnancy is laying the foundation for parenthood and their pregnancy lays the foundation for a good birth and that their birth lays the foundation for the rest of their parenthood. Like, how could we do that? And so our initial goal was just to be a collective that supported people who did or did not have that support person. So if you mm-hmm. already had that support person, be it your mom, aunt, cousin, sister, whoever, or your doula, how can we provide support to you to make sure that y'all are getting it right? You know, how can we hold yeah. y'all to do all that work? And if you don't have that support person, how could we connect you to that? So we had initially wanted to do everything under the stars, y'all. We were trying to do the most. We were trying to do so much. And we kind of narrowed it down to being a support place for other support people. So this is how our collective operates now, where we support other doulas in the work that we do because we realize it's exhausting to run a business, number one, mm-hmm. and also to be a superhero on the streets. Like mm-hmm. trying to support black birthing people is its own feat. Trying yeah. to support a black person trying to be good and be healthy is its own feat. Yeah. So we were like, well, what can we do to help people who are interested in doing this work, who are interested in standing in these spaces? And I'm like, well, I could run the business. <laughs> I know I could do that part. So the way that we show up and the way that we put families first and the way that we're like healing families is by giving other birth workers all of the support that they need to Mm -hmm. be amazing. Like my mom is such an incredible birth worker and I think it's because of me. (laughs) I don't do any of this back of the house stuff. (laughs) She's an amazing birth worker. She's amazing. And I know that she has the capacity to do that because she's not worried about marketing. She's not worried about managing a website. She's not worried about building, you know, community relationships from the ground. She's able to I like, she, she's not <laughs> that worried. Not, not that worried. So this is what we want to do. 
She's concerned. She ain't worried. <laughs> this is what we do with our other doulas. Like we have some incredible doulas that we love being present for. Like you don't have to worry about all that stuff because I can imagine mom supporting me the way that she did throughout my last pregnancy, having to manage so many other details that could just take up so much more energy. So I feel like our, our doulas have such a great opportunity to be present in a way that other doulas may not because they got the support. You got mm-hmm. a team of other doulas. Last night we had a meeting with our community doulas and one of the doulas was sharing um, about her first birth that she just attended. And she's, I've been holding in, like, I don't know who to talk to about this. And yeah, as a doula, you might have your doula sister, your other doula home girl. But imagine having 10 other doulas that are always there waiting for you saying, hey, we're ready for you to process this birth. That's going to help her to be more present for that mom. That's going to help her to have, have it all figured out. She got it processed already so that she doesn't show up to this postpartum visit like geek. And you know, you still be on that birth high and yes. you have to come down from your high and you go to the postpartum visit and you die tripping and wired. She's not going to be like that. So that's how we came to the work. And that's like, what we're trying to stick at every day, supporting other birth workers, making sure that they can actually be real life superheroes. Mm. Like you stay there in home with her and listen to her and support her and hold space for her. Cause you're not worried about any of the other parts of your job. You know, right. we're going to hold that down for you. And you also know that when you leave there, we're going to hold you down. Mm-hmm. So when you need someone to hold space for you, we can do that also. Yes, it's a lot. Yes. And do you, um, so if there's someone who's interested in this, like, do you guys do trainings or is it like people who are like, I've already been trained and I'm just coming and I'm looking for a safe space in a, in a community or are y'all not, you know, share what, share what you do. <laughs> share what you feel you need to share. Don't, you know, no secret sauce. Yeah. <laughs> certification for becoming a doula at all. Mm-hmm. We are providing you support and helping you to grow your interest in, in the field yeah. okay. and support you standing, you know, and getting the births and the experience. Got so it. We, we're she her the community doula program just does 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 just that yeah okay we require you to get a training become certified but then after them what so when right. you're a party of one trying to you know do this work sometimes you need a little more support and not you sometimes need, you need that support you are not gonna step out here I some, went to this training. There's some single doulas out here that were thriving who are part of our collective. One moved away and one is still a part of our collective. Um, she needs just us. Not, she it's, still not, needs us. it's not that she doesn't need us. Some of them have to, some of them are capable of yeah. thriving by themselves. Mm-hmm. But some more support. And one of our things with the collective is um how we talked about creating a village. Mm-hmm. We're creating that. We're creating that center um, nucleus for all things birth, mm-hmm. all things that you, you know, need help with. Some yeah. in the collective will have some information on that. If we don't have it, we're going to get it for yeah. you. But, you know, 
our main goal, we married a lot of her ideals and my ideals together. And yeah. we came up with the, the, we're, our, our, it, our intersection for healing the birth, the black family is mm-hmm. birth. Yeah. Cause the black family starts when the answer. <laughs> and then now these two people have recreated themselves in this one person and now the two or three. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, there are a lot of working parts to making, sustain, and creating a good foundation for raising Black children. There's a difference in Black women birthing, Black women raising children, Black men being present or not present, Black men raising children without Black mothers, and just there is very specific things that need to be addressed by people who look like you, who sound like you, who had experiences like mm-hmm. you, you know? So we're kind of, we're not kind of, we're putting all, all those things in one place so that you feel safe to say, hey, I'm struggling with these things. Yeah. You know, who can help me? Hey, I need support in this area. Who can help me? Hey, I have questions about this or that thing. Yeah. You know? All of the women that we have as clients, they say, you know, um, I wish I had known this. Oh yeah. I wish I had known that. I wish I had called you guys before this. I wish, yeah. I had, you know. And if those are people who are our clients, think about how many other women of color that are in the dark about things right. that they could just help for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Absolutely. And all of that creates um, change. And it cleans up the energy for all of our, all of these new black babies coming into the world. Right. You know? Right. Y'all. Too much. I'm so excited. No, no. I am so excited mm-hmm. for other people to listen to this episode. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I'm just so excited. So just thank yeah. you so much for Yay. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much to pick apart from it. Like, yeah thank you i'm really big on black moms Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and there is a lot of healing and reflection and just repairing and nurturing and love and support that needs to be blown in the direction on sprayed directly on put under the feet of Black women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the stuff that's going on in the world, if Black women heal ourselves, if we patch up the holes and the little spots we got leaking stuff out of, you know, the older generations. I was just talking with someone about, um, I'm a grandma now. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, <laughs> <laughs> there, I'm in a different stage of my life than my daughter is. Mm-hmm. So, because I have the relationship with her, I'm going to share with her the things that I'm going through so that she knows this is where you're going next yes, to Yes, yes. a lot of that for women who are younger than me and older than me, they're not sharing it. They're not no. telling you. No. Mm-hmm. And then you're struggling on your own trying to figure out, this is normal. Yeah. Right. Wait, right. right. you didn't say that. This- I'm not going to say any other things because I don't want to scare any yeah. of your listeners. No. <laughs> We need to know. I need to be Man, ready. Me, people need to know. That's a whole different. I could go. I could go off. You be attention. looking at your people like, and you knew this was gonna happen to me, and you didn't tell me. Oh, 
We're not yeah. family. Yo, Tony, we're we scheduling, we scheduling your next episode as soon as we get off. Because I got okay. questions. Right. I felt like that when <laughs> I was immediately postpartum with my first child and I experienced engorgement. This is when I was I can't trust any women in my family because this is the most painful thing I've ever had but in my life. You Hold on. Have- and you knew this was going to happen to me and you didn't even tell me how to get my mind ready. I mean, I was in so much pain. I was like, I had the baby already. My vagina is hurting. My booty is hurting. And you didn't tell me that my titties was going to be hurting too. <laughs> and now they right up under my chin. And y'all, and then everybody, my great grandma, my grandma, my great aunt, they was like, oh yeah. Ooh, yeah, Derek. I'm like, what? So right. That's she, when I knew I couldn't trust him. She clearly still has some sort oh, of. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> some, some, some non resolute Some stuff she didn't um, resolve with her first pregnancy. She felt like she should have told her more, but I subscribed to a thing of is it really going to be helpful to mm-hmm. you for somebody to tell you your vagina is going to be bleeding after you have a baby? Mm-hmm. That's not really. It's gonna happen. Me telling you about it ain't gonna help you stop it or prevent it or slow it down or any of that stuff, you know. And I think sometimes in pregnancy you can tell a mom too much and you cause more anxiety because mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. that could happen could also not happen to you. Right. Right. And not every woman experiences engorgement on the same level that other women's other women experience engorgement. Mm-hmm. But engorgement is a part of the postpartum period. So, oh, she lived. <laughs> she lived. <laughs> we, we made it through. Uh, Wonderful. Well, is there anything else that y'all would like for our <sighs> listeners to know? It can be about your birth. It could be about the collective. It could just be personal. Anything you want to leave them with? What do I want to leave folks with? Um, what I want to leave folks with is knowing that Black women are capable, and Black families, Black men and women in the families that we create, we are capable of doing all the work that needs to be done. We can do it. We don't need or require anything or anyone else than what we have. Mm-hmm. It's not about what your granny did not teach you. We got everything that we need right now. There are some allies. There are some people. There are some things and tools and resources that can help make it a little easier. But we can do it. Not only can we do it, but we got to do it. It's our job. You got to learn. We tell, hi, baby. We tell our clients that it's your responsibility to learn everything you need to know to have the birth that you want. It's not our responsibility because we know these things. It's your responsibility to know that. And we're going to support you as you learn them and as you put them into place. And that is the same accountability that I hold for every Black person who wants to start a family. you mm-hmm. got to do the work. You have to learn. I was just watching some TV show, and some woman was like, you know what? Get that epidural, girl. Go ahead. And I'm like, okay, that is fine. But let's make sure we're holding everybody accountable and talking about what that's going to mean for mm-hmm. your birth, for your parenting experience, for your experience as a woman, as a mother. Let's be very accountable. So I want people and want, I want black people to know that we are obligated, but to feel that you have everything that it takes. You're not obligated without the capacity. 
you have the capacity to shift how families are built, how women are experiencing birth. We can't just keep letting black women destroy themselves because they want to be mothers. Mm-hmm. Destroy themselves in birth and destroy themselves in parenthood, giving more than they should be and losing themselves. We can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing that I want to say is if you are looking for support, Chicago Birth Rights Collective, we're in Chicago and we would absolutely love to welcome you into the village. People sometimes get a little overwhelmed when they're like, y'all seem cool, but I already know the doula that I want to have. That is wonderful. We're a village. We are a whole support group. So if you have your doula, still get connected with us. We are always in the streets. We are actually launching the virtual birth village. We had a community. Yeah, I know. It was a long time coming, but we had a community pregnancy and birth education class. So we were we're seeing that black folks wanted childbirth education that centered them. And mm-hmm. so we did a course for the community, teaching people about pregnancy, because would you believe that tons of black people don't know about pregnancy? Um, and then we also just coupled in their birth. And then we had so many folks who were like, is this ever going to be available online? And I live here. I'm not in Chicago. And so it's finally here. So if awesome. you're interested in learning about this stuff, you can just go to our website. Oh, nice. we are yes. Perfect. Well, we will have Perfect. everything in the show notes. Everybody will be able to find y'all. Um, like I said, I, I'm, this, was, this hit on a lot of things that I needed to hear, so I know that it will connect I'm so um, glad. with so many other people. And like Danielle said, there's so many layers to like take from this. Um, so we just, we really appreciate y'all. We've given us the time. I hope that everyone listening yeah. knows how long this has been in the making. Right. I think I was not I think I wasn't pregnant, right? No, I think you had just got pregnant when we first when we first re- like started talking. So yes, this has been coming, but you know everything happens when it's supposed to. And so it should be a different story if it yep. was before yeah. yeah you two are amazing thank you both thank you for thank the you. work that y'all are doing and mothering y'all have mothered through this whole call <laughs> like octopus over here slaying <laughs> <playing> babies <laughs> y'all are handling it and i know from the thank work you. that it's not it's not easy carrying something that's so necessary while you're trying to work through your own stuff and you're Man. seeing other people go through their stuff and you got to keep up with this to help them get through their stuff. I applaud y'all. I'm so thankful to you all for carrying the Birth Stories in Color platform, doing this, seeing it, and continuing to breathe into it. Because y'all know I, I'm from the uh, leave it alone state. If it gets me, <laughs> I'll put it down. <laughs> I thank y'all for continuing to do the work and carry this torch. Thank I know you. it's not. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And for, well, put the information everywhere for women of color in one spot by women of color yes. so that they can learn and grow their own garden right. of knowledge. Absolutely. Yes. Right. Absolutely. Yep. We appreciate y'all. Right. Thank y'all again. Thank, Thank you. Wonderful. Yes. Have um, a good one. Thank y'all for that email. Yes. Yes. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Birth Stories in Color. To hear this show and other episodes, head to birthstoriesincolor.com. 